Hi, welcome to Sleep Wells Podcast. This is your host, Shannon Glenn. Today, I want to talk about nightmares and night terrors. I am often asked by my clients, why is my child having a nightmare or a night terror? What is the difference between a nightmare or a night terror? How do I help my child deal with these? So I want to talk about a few different things around nightmares and night terrors. I want to share with you the difference between a nightmare and a night terror, symptoms that you can see um, from both to determine what it is, the ages that they are most common, causes for why they can happen or have a higher chance of happening, what you should do to respond, what can be some preventative things to do to prevent them from happening, and then when maybe you should seek medical treatment. On, on either one of those. So I first want to start with a story myself. So a few nights ago, I woke up in a cold sweat, pretty frightened, was pretty sure that there were people in my bedroom. Um, little people, big people, like all surrounding my bedroom staring at me. Um, and it startled me. I woke up startled. I had had a dream that they had come into the room and they were like all staring at me. Uh, and it was really freaky. So I woke up in a panic and it took me a minute to kind of just pull myself out of that, remind myself I'm in my bed, there's nobody there and I am fine. That is a great example of a nightmare. So nightmares, which can happen to anybody at any age, by the way, I will focus on kids, but nightmare, adults can have nightmares too. Uh, unfortunately, I deal with nightmares quite a bit, especially if I'm too tired. So the first thing I wanted to talk about is the difference between a nightmare and a night terror. So a nightmare is an unpleasant dream that you usually remember when you wake up. So um, that we refer to as bad dreams, right? Or um, scary dreams. Kids can have lots of different ways that they'll refer to them. But that's a bad dream that you usually remember when you wake up. Nightmares typically happen during REM sleep. So there's essentially two periods of sleep. There's different stages that go through, but there's essentially REM and non-REM sleep. Nightmares usually happen in REM sleep. I was actually reading an article the other day by a sleep doctor, and when she's treating patients, she pretty black and white categorizes if when they're having the episode to call it a night terror, a night terror. And she says if it's in the second half of the night that they're having these episodes, she calls them nightmares. Um, I have really seen nightmares myself personally with my own children and my clients at any point in time during the night, which does make sense in that we do have REM sleep in other parts of the night. We just have more REM sleep in the second part of the night. So uh, that is, is what a nightmare is. A night terror is a, a, an intense feeling of fear, screaming, thrashing around while you're still asleep. So that's a pretty big difference uh, on, a, on a night terror. Night terrors, people typically do not remember having. Children don't usually remember anything that caused the fear or the fright. They're just in it. Uh, and that's honestly because part of the brain is still asleep when a person is having a night terror. Night terrors tend to happen during non-REM sleep. So again, as I was saying, that doctor that I was uh, 
uh, reading the article on, she and many other sleep professionals consider night terrors to happen in the first part of your night. So a few hours after bedtime. So that's typically when they uh, will say that, that night terrors are most common. That same sleep doctor I was talking to you about, she will categorize it pretty black and white. If a person says they're having a really scary, frightening episode in the first half of their night, she calls it a night terror. One pretty good distinction other than REM sleep, non-REM sleep is night terrors. Usually you don't, people don't remember when they've had them. Kids don't remember nightmares. Usually they can recall the dream pretty regularly. My son had a nightmare last night. And when we were sitting at the table talking just about our sleep and kind of getting our day going, he vividly recalled the dream. He had this scary man who was running around looking for a kid, a pretty common dream that a child might have. And he remembers walking into certain rooms in our house and running from him. And then suddenly I showed up. So he had very vivid recall of the dream. That would be a great example of a nightmare. My children have also experienced night terrors. Most children will at some point in their life. Those can be a little scary for adults, for parents to see because they're just so out of it. And and you try to communicate with them when they're having their night terror. And I've had many clients say to me, it's like the lights are on, but nobody's home. Like they just are, they're actually in a state of sleep. And so they seem very out of it. They can also be really violent if a child is going through a night terror. They can thrash around quite a lot. I remember my son, the few times he's experienced night terrors, he would like roll around all over the floor, drop a uh, bed, sorry, then drop himself to the floor and then thrash around kicking and screaming uh, pretty violently. And it was kind of scary. Um, I've even had some clients say that they thought like their child was having a seizure when it happened because it really can look scary. So that's a big difference between a nightmare and a night terror so that you can kind of differentiate the two. So uh, as I mentioned a little about what they can can look like, the, the quote unquote symptoms of them, uh, night ter- nightmares typically uh, have a lot of detail on what you can remember to them. Um, they are still a frightened component to it. There's still some definitely some like I'm scared behavior going on with the child. Uh, They're just with it. Like they know what's going on. They know, um, you know, what's happening, but they're still scared. With a night terror, while they're in the night terror, they often have no idea what's going on. Um, And they are thrashing and having a pretty challenging time managing themselves until they come out of it. Some night terrors will just last a couple of minutes. Um, matter of fact, some professionals say that's typically the most common length of episode is they're just a couple minutes long, but they can go all the way up to 30 minutes where your child is thrashing around and quite upset before they come out of it. That's how long a night terror can last. Nightmares tend to, once they're up, uh, they'll usually calm down relatively quickly as they're talking through it. That's pretty common on the the duration on how long each of them can last. The most common age for nightmares and night terrors to occur, nightmares uh, really can occur at any age starting after age two. Um, So really after age two, they can uh, really occur at any time. 
if they're going to be a little more frequent for a child, they tend to decrease, calm down after age 10, 12. But again, some people will deal with nightmares often off and on throughout their whole life. Like, like I mentioned before, that is me. Um, I can definitely struggle with nightmares to this day. And so I know some things I need to do to make sure I can keep them away. Women tend to have more nightmares than men tend to be more prone to that. And that seems to emerge in the teen years where girls can have more nightmares than boys. So it would lead us to believe that maybe some hormones and hormonal changes will play a factor in that. Um, Pregnant women can have more nightmares. Uh, So that seems to be sort of a trend that is seen with nightmares. Night terrors tend to happen between ages 3 and 12. That seems to be the most prevalent age for night terrors, 3 to 12. Now, that's not to say that night terrors can't happen at any age because they can, Um, but that's the most common age for them to be seen. So the the causes for nightmares, what we think uh, the causes for nightmares and night terrors are, uh, are a, a little. There's some things that are um, that are similar, and then there's some things that are that are different. So for night terrors, some are nightmares. I'm sorry. We'll start with nightmares first. For nightmares, sometimes it can be just from something new, different happening in a child's life, something, you know, stressful that's happening or something um, different that's going on. Sometimes it can be developmentally related to, so maybe something scary at school happened, or maybe something, they watched something on TV that was a little unsettling. Maybe they moved into a new house. Maybe there's a new sibling that's been born. Maybe there's been some arguing in the family. Those are all reasons that would cause stress, and those can cause nightmares. Sometimes it can be as a reaction to trauma, such as natural disaster, accident, injuries. Um, Occasionally that can be why. Sometimes it can even be from like reading a scary book. So um, that being particularly true, scary TV too, you want to make sure you're real careful about what your kiddo is reading before bedtime. Uh, Those unfortunately can inspire nightmares, and we, we don't want that. That's typically the causes of nightmares. So now to look at the causes of night terrors, typically those can happen in kiddos who are overtired, sick, or stressed. Um, I definitely know I can see them with kiddos who uh, I've like missed a nap, not had any nap at all. That can cause a night terror for sure. Night terrors can be caused by taking a new medicine. Uh, Night terrors can be caused by sleeping in a new environment or being away from home. And then just the very plain, simple, not getting enough sleep. Occasionally, I have heard parents describe night terrors to me also during a pretty heavy time of development. Big changes happening with kiddos during um, development that sometimes can spur a night terror as well. So in talking about how to respond to your child if they're having a nightmare or a night terror, I want to dive into that. So if your child is having a nightmare, obviously you want to respond right away. And 
uh, first thing I always tell parents is keep your voice calm. Let them know you're there. Obviously, if you come in with a very startled reaction, you're going to make them more upset. So keep yourself calm and composed. Reassure them. Let them know they're there. Let them know they're safe um, and and give them some comfort. Right. So hold them, hug them, whatever that 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 is what is needed for them offer that to them and remind them that everybody has dreams and sometimes they're scary dreams, but they're not real. Um, it's normal to feel scared from them, but they're going to be okay. Uh, it's also great to label what's happened. So letting your child know you've just had a nightmare. It's now over. Um, you had a bad dream. Now you're awake. You're okay. So just kind of letting them know what, ju- what just happened, reassure them that they're going to be okay, but that, you know, that's not happening in the real world. I will tell you that that is actually one of the things I have to do for myself when I have a bad dream. I literally say those words to myself. I say, Shannon, you're okay. That was just a bad dream. Um, so that I can kind of calm, bring myself down from uh, where I'm at. Cause obviously you definitely wake up startled for sure. So uh, other things of course um, that are, are suggested to, to do is, you know, if they're, if they're really frightened, a night light might make sense. Be really careful. You're not doing too much light. Uh, we definitely don't want light to start waking them up because there's too much light on. But after a bad dream, having a hallway light on or, you know, some kind of night light uh, might make them might make them feel better. Uh, if they feel like you need to be close to them till they go back to sleep, then maybe you should do that um, and stay close to them and and help offer them some comfort and let them know that that they're gonna be they're gonna be okay. I've had some clients use you know like dream catchers that they put in the room maybe a special lovey uh, that, that they could have to cuddle with. Of course, these would be things, you know, before. And then lastly could be, um, you know, it, like some kind of quote unquote room spray. Uh, out there, those can be referred to as like monster spray. I really don't like to call it that. I usually just say call it room spray. What that would be is just like a water bottle scented with some lavender you would spray the room, you know, spray the closet or under the bed, whatever is frightening them. And then everything is safe, all clear. Um, that could be another thing you could do, uh, to help keep them, keep them safe. So, um, keeping yourself calm, staying with them, offering lots of reassurance and comfort is best is definitely going to be the best way to help a kiddo with a nightmare. Now, talking about a night terror and how to help a child through that, as I mentioned to you, night terrors can be really upsetting for parents because their child is appearing very out of control and doesn't seem like they can be comforted. So the best thing to do when a child is having a night terror is to try not to wake them up or snap them out of it. I can't tell you how many clients I've spoke to that have been like, I tried to like snap my fingers in front of them. I tried to kind of like grab their shoulders to like say, Hey, I'm here. Wake up. Don't do that. Don't try to wake your child up. It usually doesn't work. And it, it, uh, it typically makes it take longer for them to settle if you do it like that. Um, so don't try to wake them up. Best approach on night terrors is more of a hands off approach. So trying to be as hands off as you can, stay nearby to make sure that they're safe, keep the lights off, and then once you see them start to come out of it or 
wake up, then you go to them. Then you hug them, you cuddle them, you reassure them, you let them know that they're okay. But while they're in the midst of it, it really is best to have a little more of a hands-off approach. Now, that doesn't mean like you leave and this they carry on. Just don't try to engage them too much. Uh, try to let them cycle through it. I know when my son would go through these, and like I said to you, he would thrash all over the place and then throw himself off the bed onto the floor. Now, of course, his bed was just you know, not even a full foot off the floor. So I knew he wasn't going to hurt himself. But I really tried to stay as hands off as I could because if I engaged, it didn't help. It tended to just make everything worse. And then once I could see that he was starting to cycle out of it, then I we would go right over to him and start offering comfort. So and let him settle him down, reassure him. And all the things I mentioned with a child having a nightmare, letting him know he's okay and trying to be calm with your, those are all great things to do with a child uh, that's having a night terror once they're out of it. As I mentioned, night terrors can last just a few minutes all the way up to 30. So just as a heads up there, 30 minutes, if your child is really upset, can feel like a very, very long time. So uh, we it still is advised that you try to stay as hands off with it as you can. It does tend to help. So, so now I want to talk about how to help prevent these or minimize them. Uh, in some cases with some kids, you're not going to be able to get rid of them or stop them from ever happening. But there are things you can do for sure to minimize the reoccurrence of them. And as I said to you, I deal with nightmares. And one thing that I know that is really important for me is if my bedtime is too all over the place and I go to bed one night at 1130, I go to bed the next night at 930 and I don't have a regular bedtime, I am in a higher possible chance of having a nightmare. Believe it or not, that's something recommended. Have a regular bedtime, regular wake-up time. As a matter of fact, I kind of have a standing joke with my husband. If it's, you know, a Friday, Saturday night, and we're going to stay up later and, like, watch a movie or go do something, I'll say to him, guarantee I'm going to have a nightmare tonight. And unfortunately for him, it means his sleep's going to be disturbed, too. So uh, regular bedtime, wake-up time does really help. A good slow, uh, sleep routine um, that is safe, secure, kind of helps them transition into bedtime. Great idea to do. Have a good bedtime routine. Uh, have the bed be a cozy, peaceful place. Um, a favorite lovey, something that they can snuggle with, blankets that they feel cozy with. Um, the right room temperature. Make sure it's a nice, cool room. Be sure you're avoiding scary movies, scary TV shows, scary stories, especially before bed. Those are not a good idea. For some kids, you just need to avoid those altogether. Obviously, for little kids, it's not a good idea for them to watch that kind of stuff anyway. But for some kids, even for a while, you have to avoid that stuff. Um, scary movies are a big trigger for me. Uh, so I stay away from scary movies as much as I can, because if I watch a scary movie, I will be the main character in that movie in my dream, guaranteed. So it's just something I know. So I stay away from scary movies and, and I don't watch them. So uh, also, you know, talking with the kiddos when they're awake, if they're thinking about their nightmare, of course, listen to them. Bedtime isn't the best time to have that conversation, but it's totally OK early, earlier in the in the day that they're just dreams. They're not real and nothing within the dream can can hurt them. So those are some things to do uh, to help try to prevent the nightmares from happening. So in regards to 
trying to help prevent night terrors, believe it or not, some of the same things can apply. One thing I guess I didn't mention that would be applicable to nightmares too is reducing stress. Overall, with night terrors, nightmares are going to really, really help. Uh, I know that is also true for me if I'm feeling uh, particularly anxious that day or have had a little bit more anxiety, that will increase the chance of me having a nightmare. Um, That's common with night terrors too. So find ways to reduce your child's stress. Breathing exercises, I am a huge fan of those at bedtime if kiddos are struggling with night terrors, nightmares. Uh, Nidra yoga, that's N-I-D-R-A, Nidra yoga, that's a, it's just breathing exercises. Great thing to do with kiddos um, bef- uh, in the bedtime routine if they're having some struggles with night terrors or nightmares. Uh, obviously create a really good bedtime routine um, that's relaxing. Make sure they're getting enough sleep. As you heard me say with night terrors, it can be from them running a little bit of a sleep debt, being a little too tired. Uh, make sure they don't stay up late, have a um, like a really late night that doesn't work super well for kids, young kids. Again, remember the ages on these are for night terrors is typically three to 12. So having late nights can increase the chances of um, night terrors too. And then a consistent sleep schedule, just like with nightmares, making sure they have a consistent bedtime and a consistent wake-up time in the morning really can make a difference as well. In regards to treatment for nightmares and night terrors, it's typically just recommended to seek treatment if your sleep is really, really disturbed, if there is a lot of fear around going to sleep or other people in the family, household, have uh, really disturbed sleep because of the nightmares or night terrors. Most of the time with most kids, it's a phase and it will subside. And doing some of the preventative things I recommended earlier will take care of it and help it out. I know for myself, uh, nightmares run in my family. Uh, My mother experiences them too. It's not uncommon for that to happen, for nightmares and night terrors to run in families. And so Uh, One thing I knew is that that was something common in my family, which is even more reason why I like to protect our kids' sleep as much as we can. And I will tell you that my kids don't experience nightmares and night terrors very much. It doesn't mean they never see them, but not very often because obviously, surprise, surprise, they have pretty good sleep hygiene uh, and it's a pretty high priority for us. And it does make a difference. I will tell you that for sure. So uh, good, healthy sleep hygiene is always going to be the remedy for these things. I hope that this information has helped you differentiate night terrors, nightmares. If you had any questions around that, know what to do for your kiddos or even yourself if you're experiencing nightmares and night terrors so that you can get the sleep that you need and your whole family can feel well rested. I will be back next week, same time, same place. So until then, I hope you sleep well. Thank you for listening to the episode today. I know that was a little more sciencey, but hopefully that gave you some tips and tricks on how to help your child the next time they have a nightmare or a night terror. Uh, 
please consider following us on our social networks. We're on Instagram and Facebook mostly. We're also on Pinterest too, but you can find us at Sleep Well Sleep Specialists. You can also visit our website, sleepwellsleepspecialists.com to learn more about us, what we do. Would love to hear from you. Please leave comments, reviews about this podcast, what you would like to hear us talk more about. We would love to hear from you. Please join me next week while I have a fellow mom and previous client Lauren on the show to talk about motherhood. Until then, sleep well.